So it was like, <laughs> it was like, oh, you're, you're almost done with that dissertation. You motherfucker. You're not smart. You can't even make comp, computon beep boops work. God damn it. <laughs> My favorite anyway. It's always, I don't know. It's just like, it's been such a, it's, it feels like it's been such a long year already and it just started. <laughs> like, I think yeah. we're not even 20 wow. days in. It's just been so much. So much. Yeah. And uh, like, I think like in the kind of address it, cause this is like the code open or whatever. And normally I don't address the audience, but we recorded a full ass episode mm. of fucking, <laughs> hour and a half long episode with Jose and I go to I literally go I get up next morning I'm like hey I'm doing this thing I'm making sure everything gets done early I go to edit and it's just like <laughs> I get 12 minutes of a podcast like so like this chuff and it's just like shit <laughs> so yeah. 45 minutes of wind chimes instead of conversation Not it even was a that. strong 12 minutes though to be fair was a strong episode. Yeah, it, it, yeah. it, it was that so sucks, strong. It froze. Uh, yeah, there goes there goes Jared. Yep. <laughs> uh, January, but it was a strong episode, right? Uh, there's Jared. Jared, you with us? It'd be really funny if he's just being frozen <laughs> in real life, gone forever. God, you with us, Jared? No. I don't oh, think he. I don't think he can hear us. Wait, hold on. I'm no. not sure he can. Oh no! Hey, get the cardboard hat. Fo- okay, yeah. he's gone. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. This is because right. we're this because we're getting ready to make fun of Jonathan Majors. They know. <laughs> they know. They know. Yeah, the major league is after us all. Yeah. God damn it. I hope that's what he calls his goons, the major league. league. Oh my <laughs> god! Well, he needs a Jeremy Renner app. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's not. That's not the major league. Is not. It's not old timey enough for him. He needs like. No, he's so, a Negro League. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. All my satchel pages out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every time you get a notification in this app, it's called a satchel page. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, it's been a long year. Hey, welcome to the thing. Uh, this is the show that comes out when technology allows us to drop an episode. Um, I'm of course T.L. Foster. Uh, you have seen my writing nowhere. No, I've I've written places. Uh, um, but I am joined by a host of such great podcasts as Spoonfill and. Other things that I am and the other on. one, and the, other one. Uh, the player choice podcast. Don't give me too much. It's Evan Watkins Jr. Evan, what's going on? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, Players Club podcast for the record, but I appreciate you shooting the shot. 
Whatever, man. It's fine. You know? I don't talk about it as much. So, like, that's absolutely fair. Um, I am going to very, very, very hardly uh, show for the movie Book Smart in maybe a couple minutes. So, let's see hell how yeah. the episode hell goes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Uh, and then, of course, we're joined by uh, freelancer extraordinaire. You can see his writing at Imagine's Games Network mm. uh, and other places. Uh, one, Jarrett Green. Jarrett, what's going on? Have you heard about video games no never heard of them are they any good you should uh run away okay if someone okay. asks you to play a video game you should uh spray them in the face with pepper spray and call mm. the police that sounds fair wow. that sounds that what it says in the bible you're right that's yes uh, <laughs> uh and we are joined today uh by one of my good friends uh one of the smartest people who are who is in like this game space that we're around. Uh, she uh, does. Uh, can we say it? I'll cut this. So we can't. We say you. You do work with what good? What's good games? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's public. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Uh, she does work with what's good games. Uh, my good friend Brooke Phipps. Brooke, what's going on? What's good, everyone? Yo, yo. Appropriate intro. <laughs> Uh, Rick is uh, someone I always like having Brick on these days. I think Brick uh, is such a great uh, talent, just in general. Uh, and Aww, thanks, Teal. <laughs> it was one of the things like, uh, like uh, I think towards the end of the year, I was like, "Hey, Brooke, what if you came with my podcast? Like, you're like kind of like reaching the end goal." And she was very kind and like, "Yeah, I'll do that." So uh, we're gonna I'll, I'll do our thing. Show. Yeah, <laughs> give you the give you the Phipps bump. Yeah, yeah. I was I was stoked. I was like, wait, that's like a big time podcast. Cos been on that. Like, okay, so I'm excited to talk with you guys. Yeah, uh, it is. I think it's very. I think it's been it's been very great. Uh, also, because like uh, Brooke, um, you guys, I talked about it before. Like, I ended up going to my first Raw last year, and we'll be going to my first WrestleMania, and I'm going with my good buddy Brooke, who has kind of help get all that stuff set up so we have oh yeah fully gone into this wrestling thing and now that i have brooke here and i have oh, you're on the road uh, to wrestlemania if you we're will. on the roads so we got to finish yeah. the story got to finish <laughs> the story uh but yeah i i'm very excited uh just to talk a little bit about wrestling kind of get that out of the way i'm very excited for like what this wrestlemania was and like it's always really cool to see like the build kind of like fill out the card Cause I know that was one of the things like when we originally got the tickets, it was like, like, Hey, I know this person is going to be here cause they're there, but like you can actually now see the card being filled up. And I'm yeah. going to say we are potentially getting Becky Lynch, Nia Jax and Rhea Ripley in a triple threat. And, Dog, I'm going to lose, so lose my mind. I knew Rhea was going to be there somehow, but if this is how it's going to happen, I'm going to lose my freaking minds. And especially like with um, with Nia Jax like having a banger of the year, and that's like mm-hmm. kind of one of the things I want to talk about like real quick. So I know Jared, like me, you've been talking about stuff, you know, back and forth. And there was like the whole Tony Khan from AEW debacle of him just losing his damn mind <laughs> because and, somebody Antonio Khan, <laughs> my favorite, my favorite billionaire. Uh, yeah, he should worry about his football team instead of, instead yeah. of going on Twitter. Uh, get get rid of Trent Balky. Uh, but um, or don't like at this point like no fuck that man like jaguars need something other than please what they please. have we need so much um 
But I thought, like, I think it's, I think one of the things that's been very, I think, great about wrestling, not just in WWE, but just across the board, I think it's been a really good year already, um, which, again, seems very weird because it's very early, but, like, I don't know if it's just get ridding, get rid of one man running a television show to make Raw incredibly more watchable, but Raw is incredibly more watchable. And, you know, we had the the gender match this week. Uh, we had the, the Nia Becky Lynch match this week. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I am as excited for a wrestling event like that I have been in a long time. And I know that I'm happy to go to WrestleMania, but like, I'm actually like, but I'm very excited to see what this WrestleMania is. It's kind of been, I was just talking to someone about it um, a couple of days ago. This is the first Royal Rumble in a long time where like I have no, there's like five or six like legitimately good answers to who to win both of them. Like mm-hmm. up for the past like six years, it's been like, we definitely know it's one of these two people or definitely is going to be this one person. Like last year, it was definitely Cody. The year before that, it was definitely Drew. Like there was, there's... Obviously, now it's like it could be fucking anybody, and I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. Like part of that is consequence because uh, Roman is anti is uh, in the it's like the 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 poster child of the anti work subreddit. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> I, am, I, am I am not showing up, um, and when I do show up, it'll be for ten minutes. I'm gonna work uh, untelevised shows and then go on vacation with my nine kids on an island. And you will not call me. I will not pick. Um, which honestly, shout out to Roman Reigns. Yeah, bingo. It, it leaves a huge void for everybody else to try to make themselves a star without having to like do the normal thing of we got to fight to be the champion, so we get we get to go on talk shows and do all, all that kind of shit. If you're good enough, or you found a way to get a lane enough, you can probably do that without it. And a lot of people are getting the freedom to do that now. Mm. Um, part of that is like, yes, Vince is uh, busy. I don't know, filming his little pencil mustache or whatever. Um, <laughs> part of the eyeliner brush. Yeah, the, eyeliner. <laughs> yeah. the the TKO merger kind of changes the, the trajectory of that company now. Now that they're mm. part of Endeavor. Um for good and bad. I mean, as a sort of lapsed UFC guy, like watching what the UFC is now and then knowing it's gonna get like even closer to this other thing I'm into, and like knowing that. It's just kind of a toxic relationship and just trying to enjoy what it's creating right now and try not to think too far ahead into what could it be, could become in the future. Um, but, you know, everyone said in 2019 when uh, the big competition started that this is – if everyone's doing the right thing, this is a net good for everyone. And I think yeah. now we're in net good for everyone territory. Um, I'm wearing a House of Black t-shirt. I have three more. Uh, none of them are from the AEW merch shop. They're all from like other places because they don't because AEW horrible at merch turns out. But I am buying <laughs> merch for the first time in years, um, because I am excited to in, to endorse the product financially again. I'm not just like stealing SmackDown on TV anymore. Right. <laughs> like I, I I I'm not I'm excited to go. And be a part of WrestleMania weekend, partially because it's 15 minutes from my apartment, but also because I w- I feel like I'm feel I'm excited to be inundated in that level of mainstream stuff for the first time in a long time, and it's a weird feeling to like 
earnestly like wrestling. I feel like it's for years for most people liking wrestling means just being upset about it in forums or on Twitter. But yeah, it is it is refreshing to be able to just kind of like it again because it's like at least attempting to be good. Uh, yeah, I think like um, I think it's it's as someone who's been watching wrestling now for for actually thirty years. Like this year will be. It will be 30 years in September I've been watching wrestling. And I mean, literally not stop. Um, I saw <laughs> I saw Harlem Heat, uh, Booker T, Stevie Ray versus the Public Enemy on a Saturday night main event match. Uh, and it was a dumb finish. And I just remember being a kid and being like, oh, wait, a, a match can end with both people getting pinned? And then like, oh, I'll, I'll see what this wrestling is, right? Um, so like, uh, for me, it's, it's, it feels very, feels very great to like be able to have something that I don't feel embarrassed to share people. Right. Like, um, getting, uh, my friends like into wrestling and not having to be like, okay, well you can skip past this part. Cause like, it's very veiled homophobia, but like it gets better. <laughs> Just ignore, the, ignore the misogyny that's about yeah. to happen yeah. for the next half hour. Trust yeah. me, it's good. I promise you. Uh, this this uh, racism, uh, you know, it, it's a different time. Like, I don't have to excuse it. Right? Like, I think it, it. I think it's done something, and it's like one of the things where, and uh, Jared, I know you and I have talked about it, and Rick, I know you and I have talked about it. Like, mm-hmm. it's one of the reasons why I enjoy watching NXT because, like, yeah. that show is just such like it is a feeder show, but like it's it's one of the things like I get frustrated with AEW because like AEW has so many cool people, and I'm just like. Why don't you just steal like for your three shows you have? What are the shows just steal what NXT does? Like just make it the show where you have all these small people because like I'm looking at I'm I'm very enthusiastically looking at the next couple of years where we have uh Lyra Vikira, where we have a Tiffany Stratton, um uh Lash Legend. Not to mention Jay Cargill, who's been like mm-hmm. doing training, looks tremendous. Like it was just like there's just so much, and is. and then like even from the men's side, like Carmelo Hayes is going to be a star. Like Carmelo Hayes is going to be yeah. a, a huge star in like two or three years. Uh, but Trick Williams is coming, and like there's just so. And then that uh, the 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 OG kid, the new North American champion, who's 22 years old, like literally a baby. Actually, it is just. I think he's Good twenty. Lord. I think his mom confirmed he's twenty five. He is twenty five. Okay. On, Still, uh, holy a, hell! Back and forth on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> he's actually twenty five, but he but was also a record setting shot putter in college. Like this, just enormous yeah. fucking child, man. Like, <laughs> but it, I, I like we're such we're in such a great place, and like, it 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 has become such a mainstream sport. Like, I think the TK merger definitely paid played into it, but like, I think of that Bad Bunny scene. From last year, I like was, yeah, I was going to get to that because I think there's a difference between wrestling now, wrestling ten years ago, and wrestling ten years before that, right? Like it's mm-hmm. it's more mainstream now than it ever has been, for good and for bad. Some can say the pursuit of that mainstream was kind of like destructive for maybe the culture of wrestling, but nobody was tuning in to WWE in like a, like 2011 because that shit was ass. But not yeah. only was it ass, <laughs> it was like repellent. And its attempt to try to do to try to be SNL but wrestling, it was like appealing to no one. Not people who liked wrestling already. Not people who were lapsed. Not people who didn't know what it was but were interested. It wasn't. It wasn't talking to any of these people. 
it was just a bad show for two and a half, three hours on TV. And it, it had lost the plot on what anyone liked about this. And it spent a long time in the dark trying to figure it out. And, you know, it, it didn't really all click until recently, but it has been trying in sections for years. Um, I think the pandemic kind of helped it out too, because everyone kind of like ran out of shit to do. So they were like, I guess we'll see what's going on with this, I guess. But there are more regular people curious about what the fuck's going on with this wrestling shit now than there ever was, or there, there has been in years at least not that maybe not that there ever was, but I, I don't know. I can't remember a time and since, you know, the late two, the early two thousands, maybe where that was true, where people knew who any of these people were just by looking at them. Like, did anyone like John Cena is huge now, but like people look at John Cena in 2020 differently than it did in 2011. He wasn't super Cena then. I mean, he was kind of, he was turning into super Cena in 2011, but mm. he wasn't a box of Wheaties till like 2013. Uh, Brock had, a, a box of fruit loops. Brock left, went to the UFC and came back and was like the one big super wrestler guy that people recognized that was from a generation that wasn't the undertaker's generation, basically. Um, <laughs> We've we've approached a new world where like people might know what Roman Reigns looks like if you see him on a cover, if you see him in Sports Illustrated or something. People might recognize a meme and that it might involve a wrestler and it originated in wrestling. It wasn't like a dude went and made a movie and now he's famous. He was he is famous doing wrestling shit. Like that it was not true ten years ago. And it it feels more true now. Um, which is a sign that people care about this more than they used to. Um, which again, exciting, exciting times. Well, if I can interject too, I think some of it, at least as someone who's newly come into this, uh, TL and our buddy Ryan would always like talk about all these like promos and matches and stuff. And I'm like, I don't, I don't get it. It's a lot of dudes kind of yelling at each other. The attitude era was like my only exposure as a kid. And I was like, I don't know that I get this. I think like TikTok is actually truly the way that I got into it because TikTok was like, Hey, your type of women are women who could kill you but choose not to. Oh. Would you like this Rhea Ripley person? And she just kept showing up in my feed. Like, I had never engaged in wrestling or whatever, but she kept showing up. And so I finally DM'd TL and was like, all right, like, what? send me, send me, me some matches. <laughs> like, send me some matches or, like, send me, do you have, like, a, a YouTube essay, like, some history? Like, who is this person? And now I have paid money to go to WrestleMania. I watch Raw. I watch every pay-per-view with him. Like, I'm in. I'm in, and it's really good. And I think, at least for me and some of my friends who've gotten into it in the last year or two, I, I and a difference I see from maybe some of the AEW stuff I've watched, the women's content is so much better. Because, like, when I grew, was growing up, it was still the bra and panties matches, which was, like, not for me. I was not into that as like a 10 year old i was like ew um but now like when i watch a lot of the the women's like matches like these are good these are these are good matches and they're not even like good quote-unquote like women's matches they're good matches um and it's fun to watch so that's been kind of and i feel like from what i've gathered that's been a more recent change maybe like the last five or six years where you've seen that really like damage control fucking slaps like there's just cool shit happening so yeah yeah, yeah. 
I think it's like one of the things, because we have like tried to go back and watch some of the older stuff. And I've always been like on a, I have been on a very visceral, like, fuck the Attitude Era. Like, run. <laughs> I think, I do think like the best of the Attitude Era is great. But dude, that is like, you're talking about maybe a year work of good content in like three or four years of bad, like just objectively bad. Um, but like, I do think like, it is very hard. And that's one of the things like I, I have my, like my issues with AEW, but the one of the things that's hard is like AEW is a one, a net positive for the industry because it's another place for people to work. But like yeah. they are signing so many great women, like not good, like great women and will give them like two minutes of television time. And it sucks. Like right now, Tony Storm is like one of the coolest acts in wrestling and she has a segment on Dynamite, and then that's it. She doesn't interact with any other woman. And that's the thing, like, when I when I think about, like, what makes WWE's, like, what makes this Royal Rumble very interesting, like Jared said, like, I'm watching Raw. They're doing these promos for everyone to win the Royal Rumble. And, like, if you would have told me going into this year, oh, well, CM Punk's going to win because he's the big name going into it, but they have legitimately made stories for every male wrestler who is going to be like, who's a big name in that match. And the same thing for the women, like, yeah, we're going into like Rhea and Becky Lynch interacted. But before that it was Rhea reacted to what Nia Jax has been saying and all these other women also like Bailey is like, we're going to take over for damage control. Bianca has been having a career year. Like there's so many important mm-hmm. people. And I think that's like one of the great things that I love about where wrestling is now, as opposed to like at 2011, when it was the very Cena era where it was just like Cena was Hulk Hogan. And I, I, I've always felt like whenever you do the star as your singular person, it doesn't help grow the business. Like the attitude era works because Steve Austin got dumped on his head. Right. And what I mean by that is he could not wrestle forever. So close Steve Austin doesn't work if we're talking about a Steve Austin run with him as the heavyweight champion for five to six years because people would have gotten tired of it. It works because he was heavyweight champion, the top dog for two years, had to step away because his, his neck was broken, but then allowed The Rock to grow. Mankind to grow. You can tell those stories with mankind. You have Triple H. You can now go from like, oh, I'm the cool, edgy guy to like, no, I'm a piece of shit. I'm going to take over everything. Like, you allow these characters to grow because you're not just focused on one person. And then we got the Cena era. And like, I love John Cena. I'm going to cry when he retires this year. But his era is marred with the fact like they didn't feel like any other person could be a good guy. It just had to be John Cena. And that just stagnates the whole business. You know what it reminds me of? I, wrestling always reminds me of comic books. Um, hmm. The best stories from comic books are either just like moments, pages, frames, or arcs, right? Where like, yeah. Or like moments, or like eras. Like I've been rereading because it's coming to an end. I've been rereading the X-Men Krakoa era, like from, mm-hmm. from 2019 to basically now. <clears throat> Where they turned... <clears throat> Where mutants got an isolationist ethno state where they uh, held the planet hostage by being literally genetically better than them. Um, Mm -hmm. And there's a whole lot of books and a whole lot of writing about like characterizing all these little pieces of mutantum now that they all have to like 
A, live with each other. A lot of these people didn't live with each other, didn't interact with each other every day, and were like literally just enemies. Now have decided that since we are, the, the thing that we have in common is that humans hate us, and maybe we should try to work together and put together, put aside our differences, um, and then interact with the rest of the world. It, a lot of small moments for character characterization to make all these little people feel a little bigger in isolated areas. If you're following it all, all of these people have slow builds to be important in certain certain situations. And then when a big crossover thing happens, they all feel just as important and viable because they spent so much time turning these little things into bigger things. I think good wrestling does the same thing. All these little characters are all like, depending on the show, wrestling, a wrestling TV show is either a show where a bunch of characters are trying to participate in a sport um, with the with the goal of being the best at the sport, or a sort of morality play where they handle all of their combat in the wrestling ring. And it's not really a sport. It's just the place, the fight they're going to have happens, happens to be in front of 10,000 people in a ring. Um, but if you're doing all the narrative work, any of these characters can feel important if you make them. You try. Maybe not that hard, but you try. The Attitude Era does this great Everybody was over in like 1998. Even like the worst mother X Pac was over. He was out here. He's like five. He's like maybe like five eleven. He's wearing a jumpsuit, just chopping his dick off, and like just a weird greasy guy. Why would that anyone might not like be him? If the last comment is true, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> it's true. When he when he came out, everybody in the arena was either on their feet cheering or booing him, and that was true for everyone who came out. Because they spent a little bit of time for everyone to give them some reason, some mot- to establish some motivation, and to give them every match had a consequence on them. If they won this match, they are cocky and they're gonna take that to the next match. If they lost this match, it's going to either frustrate them or they're gonna try harder the next time, or they're going to change so that it doesn't happen to them next time. And the change becomes narrative. <clears throat> we're kind of we're kind of returning to that moment where like everybody gets a little bit of a piece to like establish them as a character. They're not just a guy losing. Yeah. The loss means something to them. Even if it's a little bit of a something, if you watch four weeks of the th- of the something, it turns into something bigger. We lost. We think we lost our way with that a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, and we're back, baby. <laughs> I don't know. It feels really great. Wrestling is in such a good space right now, and I'm very happy. And also, CM Punk, please wrestle a match. Please. I, <laughs> or don't. Or just punch everybody backstage, lose this job too. Yes. Yeah, yeah that yeah. that's true. TL's probably laughing because I, I I messaged him not that long ago and I was like, is this is this asshole ever gonna wrestle? Because I've only seen him talk and because I didn't watch him, right? Like I'm new to wrestling, so I've never seen him really wrestle. I'm like, he talks all the time. He talks mad shit the entire time. I have yet to see him do a damn physical thing in the ring. So that's probably why I, I'm eager to watch it happen just because I I don't know if he can. I feel <laughs> like I feel like your expectations are going to be you're gonna be disappointed. I think the same way a lot of people are disappointed in AW because he's he's a forty four year old man and hadn't yeah, wrestled for seven years at the time. He's the same age as John Cena. I think I keep I keep, people keep forgetting like well, John, John Cena's a super person. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, John Cena is a little superhero. But, but Cena is stopping because he's like, I can't do this anymore. I can't I can't be Taskmaster. <laughs> yeah. Not Taskmaster. I can't be um 
Oh, peace, peace, peacemaker. Peacemaker. peacemaker, and yeah. then also do Fred's dad. Yeah, I'm a little creepy guy. Uh, be be the face of DC's new universe, and also I don't know, take bumps for ten minutes. I can't. What yeah. do you What do you want me? To, my balding. What do you want me to do? Yeah, yeah. How did yeah. How did Marvel not grab him to be U.S. agent? Like instead of that weird dude that they got, like I don't know. I think the U.S. agent they got has a creepy fucking bird face, and that's exactly the kind of federal government true. black guy, like black agent guy. I kind of want because I want to look at this dude and hate him immediately. That's and true. It worked it's, every time. It's one of the things. Uh, uh, Brooke and a group of our friends we watched through the Fast Furious movies last year. Uh, I watched it last year too. Yeah, uh, and I love those movies. I love those movies. Nine and ten are bad. Like we can, I, we can say I that. I love we those movies really up bad. through seven. I love those movies up through seven. But wow, that that it falls off real fast. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, I stopped at five. They're I all get good, it though. up to seven, eight, <laughs> yeah. nine, and ten. Change my like. I don't know what the fuck I am. In. If you yeah. stopped at five, I would highly because to me. Seven's the best one. I love Seven so much. Seven, because you get the Paul Walker scene. Um, Look, actually, that's the one I stopped at. Seven. Okay, okay right, so yeah, right. you, yeah. Stopped, you stopped but, where you should stop. I, I think I thought five in my head because five is, that feels like, okay, they should have just stopped there. But it happened so early, it's like, no, we got to keep going. Low-key, um, I didn't like five until we rewatched it. I did not care for five. Uh, I thought four was what? great. Because four is really cool because it gets everything coming back. Uh, but five, I was like, Ugh. but then we watched it. I was like, okay, I can see what you're doing. Uh, six is just fucking tremendous. They took down a plate. Uh, but true, the, true, my true. bigger point before we went to tangent, I love those movies. Um, in nine, nine, one, I think the story's convoluted. I hate when we do so much Vin Diesel, but. You tried to sell me on John Cena as a bad guy. And like, I'm yeah. watching this and I'm like, I was like, well, I remember when I first watched it, I was like, motherfuckers wanted him to be a heel during his <laughs> biggest run. Like, cause he's unbelievable as a bad guy in that movie. So that when you watch in 10, the best part of that movie is Jason Momoa being ridiculous and John Cena like being around, uh, uh, I almost said Roman's son, but being around, uh, what's called, uh, uh Vin Diesel's Dom's son, Dom's yeah. son, because like that is the John Cena that you want, like the goofy, like I'm an action star, but I don't take myself so serious. Yeah. Fred's like, dad, literally. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, I, I bought him more as a bad guy than I did as a nebulous Latino. I don't know what race that is. Their, that is their conversation we've been having. What race is Dominic Toretto? Because that's a great Hollywood. I'm going to find it. I'll, I'll find it and link it. Um, there's a great article. I think it's, it's maybe Polygon uh, mm. where someone investigates like how Latino is Dom supposed to be in these movies. Also, like what kind of Latino is he supposed to be Mexican? Is he supposed to be like South American, like further South American? Is he speaking like, in Fast Five? What was being subtitled there? <laughs> right? uh, that will answer. It. Is he Portuguese and not Mexican at all? Like, what what is going like, on here? Cause, yeah, because in Fast Five, it's it is Portuguese, but he is Hispanic because his grandma is for sure Hispanic, right? Right. right. Uh, Mia is also for, for sure Hispanic, but there's also so much like. Every time he's presented, there's like Latin music playing in the background or whatever, or like every time they're on vacation doing like 
cool down from the job shit is always in some like foreign brown country and everyone's everyone's ass shaking on the beach or whatever. Like, who is this man? He's the only know. person. He's the only person in that movie who's himself Latinos and does not speak like does not speak Spanish. And he's, and he's whatsoever. Like he speaks no. He is he is one hundred percent a no sabo kid. Like he speaks <laughs> no Spanish whatsoever. It's that family is that you know what that family is. It's a coalition. It's a rainbow coalition of people, <laughs> all in one family. Yeah, we need a few good men of many races to be yeah. Dom's family. You know, you know what that that Wait, this is. This is how you. <laughs> uh, they're a bit of a racist themselves, uh, but you know who. <laughs> uh, you know who. Don't clip that. <laughs> Anthony, clip it. Or uh, uh, you know who would uh, love the dream that is the Toretto family. Uh, that would be one, Mister Martin Luther King Jr. Oh my god. <laughs> that a lot of segue. Segue. <laughs> uh, and uh Jonathan, okay, listen. All right. Uh we're I mean I don't think Dr. King had this dream in particular. No, I don't think anyone had this dream. I think okay, so I want to say up front the MLK in a supercar, he's not living. He's he's not surviving after that. No. I don't know. I think I think I think I think I think he would have run in like the first Fast and Furious. I think MLK would have hit the hit the Nas and Nas and like beat John. He would have beat John Rule. John Rule's in that first yeah. race. I'm pretty sure he would have beat John Rule. I'll give uh, you that, but like once they start bulldozing cars and whatnot, it's like nah, easy. And when you super magnet the safe out of the out of the bank or whatever, yeah, exactly. We ain't doing all that. Uh, uh, but um, Jonathan Majors, uh, I want it up front. This is a. It is like the case that he was convicted for is a very important case. I think safety is a very important thing. Uh, so I am not making light of that or the victim or everything went around with that. I will say that motherfucker is the corniest motherfucker on the face of the earth, and I don't get it. I don't. I. I just like. And I'll, I'll say this, like, it hurts because I was suckered in. I was like, this guy's, he's really cool. He does, he's doing, like, these really cool, like, acting, like, acting stuff. I didn't love Lovecraft Country, but I thought he was good in it. He is the only good part of that uh, Ant-Man <laughs> Marvel movie. <laughs> yeah. uh, the that I don't hate as much as everybody else, but that is, like, a fucking Hercules Saturday morning-ass, like, movie as a TV, like, a, a TV show of a movie. Um I, it sucks that he is just that cornball, but like, how embarrassed were you guys when you saw that interview <laughs> and you heard the line, I want you, I, she, I make it good, holds me down like Coretta, as in Coretta Scott King, and this is not the only time he said something. Yeah, I wasn't like really, I wouldn't say I was embarrassed. I was flabbergasted because we had been like the, the jokes stem from the rumor that was confirmed true of like the tapes where he said the same thing and it was fucking ridiculous, but that it's his like signature move is even more ridiculous. <laughs> and you dress like Bagger Vance. How is this possible? <laughs> he dresses like he is auditioning for a period piece set in 1954 at all times. He's, he is waiting in the water every time I see him. God. 
he should go, right. he should walk into a room and a spiritual hymn should play as he walks into a room. Like, look, it's not his fault. He was born as an Al Green album. Cover. I, can't, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's wild. I mean, look, I'll I will say at I'm trying to imagine what was the point where saying that wasn't so corny i think it's only corny because it's him (laughs) saying it and you understand that he's really only saying it because he feels like he's this big important figure in hollywood he's the next denzel or whatever so he's like i need someone to be a prop next to me so i can go be the figurehead and so when he uses it it's like man you're bastardizing what that meant because you know people used to be like oh Greta scott king or uh michelle obama you know all those people blah 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 but it's like they were good people and doing things on their own. <laughs> I think that's, exactly, I think that's exactly why, though, right? Like, yeah. he did it, and he ruins it. It's like when the brand mm-hmm. starts using the meme as an ad, and you're like, well, you ruined the joke. The joke's not funny. Yeah. <laughs> Silence brand. Right. Absolutely. God. Yeah, it's but, just like, killed yeah. it immediately, too. That's what's crazy. But I, I think, like, I think you kind of stumbled on it, though. It's like, to evoke someone like Coretta Scott King... Or Michelle Obama, or like when you when you talk about like uh, very important women in like a civil rights space, a lot of times like these are people boots on the ground. Like Coretta Scott King would have been important had she not married Martin Luther King. If she was just mm-hmm. Coretta Scott, she would have been important. Like you know, no one. It's like because uh, it's like the the Simone Biles thing, right? When her oh uh, yeah, oh <laughs> yeah, her husband decided he was just going to make an ass of himself on the <laughs> internet. Uh, but like, powerful women are going to, you know, are going to always like they they are they are going to show, shine their way through. You don't have to be like, well, you have to emulate this because you're underneath me because that. What that one does is one that diminishes, you know, your partner your list because again, mm-hmm. you, if she's if she's Coretta Scott King, you don't have to say, oh hey, my wife's Coretta Scott King. Like no one had to say, Barack didn't have to say, oh, this is my wife, Michelle. You should love her. Michelle Obama was like, no, I'm going to go give a speech. I'm going to be this person. I'm going to be that thing. If that's what he wants, then go and find that. But also, maybe Jonathan Major should go find the people that are like that. Like go 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 to a library. Go somewhere where like those people are. I don't go know. To go to an activist. Go to an activist meeting. You know, like I don't know. Like, I, I, mean, I don't know if he can walk into the, those. The now. problem though is yeah. like he's not. He just no one. I have no belief, and I don't think anyone has been shown any reason to believe that he is like this. Like that he actually believes any of that. Like mm. all, all I know about him before this is that all his like co his students. Uh, or his peers when he was in like theater school, I thought he was a little fucking weirdo too. And nobody listened because he was de- destined for greatness. And it turned out the greatness was coming and he was maybe jumped the gun on like all the shit you can get away with after you're great. Um, and like he, people have been saying this about this person for a while. Um, mm. And no one cared because no one cared about him. But as soon as you start caring about him, you start to see that, I don't know, maybe, maybe this guy's kind of fucked up. And like, the fact that he's cloaking himself in, I don't know, some sort of black power image that A, is also kind of like a corny, uh, I don't know, repurposing of a thing people gave him. Because everyone has been saying he has like this 1950s working man vibe about him. Uh, but now he's made like struggle, a black struggling man 
uh, against against the people or against the government, against the system, his whole identity, and it changes. He 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 makes he kills another joke. Like mm-hmm. I, I he always him. he seems like a person that has always been like a self absorbed weirdo, mm. and uh, now he gets to live like that person for real. Uh, with the added bonus of seeing the Disney check run away from him and uh, not get any calls returned from his agent um, and have, I don't know, Megan Good decide that she's going to be the Coretta he's looking for, I guess. <laughs> she broke up with her husband for this. <laughs> God. Oh, man. All he has is the Nickelodeon check from the cousin Skeeter residual. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, trying to find a Coretta Scott reference peaked at Sada Baby and we should just left it there really yeah but then Sada Baby got cancelled and we're not going to talk about it anymore we're just going to keep it in the annals of time fuck I forgot he got cancelled unfortunately (laughs) Kang had to go back in time and pull this bitch out and ruin it again Uh, oh, I, what I want is for the second season of like I know they canceled uh, 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 Lovecraft, I mean, Lovecraft Country. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I want the second season to be. <laughs> uh, I want to see uh, Jonathan Majors and the Ghost of Martin Luther King Jr. fighting over <laughs> Curtis Scott's team. You should. Um, That's what you should definitely everyone. You should definitely read Lovecraft Country, the book it's based on. It is better mm-hmm. than the show. There's a sequel to the. Sh- there's a sequel to that book that came out last year. Also better no. than the show. Not Shit. better than the first book, but better than the show. I, I'll I will respect and I will take your recommendation. I did not care for that first season. I really wanted to like, like it. the first really half. Good. I was like kind of with even the stuff they kind of adapted and changed. I was with the second yeah. half. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Well, I stopped at the first half, so yeah, perhaps I'm good. <laughs> it's like that one show um, with the kids in New York in like the seventies. Who invented hip hop? Oh, the, the Get Down. Oh, yeah. the Get Down. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. The first part of the Get Down's pretty good. The second part of the Get Down's like maybe we should have only done the first part. Yeah, yeah. Season two, they don't have a budget, so half of it's animated. Yeah, they yeah. spent all the budget on season one, so like the Nas voiceover is just like heavily present in the second one because they can't film anything. And you're like, oh man, crack cocaine, and then just like three episodes about motherfucker on crack. Like I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know. I'm trying. I'm trying to think. Like I, I, I watch Rebel Moon, but I haven't really like watched anything. Like the thing. Like all my shows now. Like I'm like, should I get this a try? Is I'll be on TikTok and I will see like those sites, like those weird like TikTok accounts that are I'm pretty sure stealing information so they can uh, get checks from TikTok. People watch it, but like we'll show episodes of All Rise, like the the weird court show where the judge is also like teaching the prosecutor and the defendant defense attorney like how to do law and i'm just like and i'll watch it like and i'll just be like i'm pretty sure this is bad but i need to see what's going on with this (laughs) (laughs) This guy this guy i watched one where uh this kid okay this kid got arrested because he pushed a shop owner down and they wanted to charge him for aggravated assault. However, the kid was the kid said he was 18, but he was really at the time 17. He became 18, but he didn't want his foster mom to find out because she didn't want to go, he didn't want her to go through any trouble. The guy ends up dying. So the prosecutor's like, oh. 
you lied. You said you were 18, so we want to try you as an adult. And then the kid was like, but I was still 17 at the time. Come to find out, he turned midnight. He turned 18 at midnight. So by the time the guy died, he was technically an adult. That's um, and I just need to see how that story is. Because <laughs> it was like, what? It was just so much. And like the daughter was like, he's a murderer. He killed my dad. He's like, I'm just a baby. I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm just like, you guys, I didn't know the guy so- would have manslaughter. Listen, <laughs> how I, I was watched- supposed to know I was going to turn 18 when this happened. <laughs> I, there's a lot of shows I have seen only on TikTok for like two minutes, and they're like, "All I guys sound like the premise of uh, a Quibi show." Dude, I, I actually oh, think if goodness. this was a Quibi joint, I think it would have been a hit. Uh, I've seen all. Sweet. I've seen that on there. I've seen the Forrest Whitaker. Uh, Bumpy Knuckles, not Bumpy Knuckles, that's a rapper. Uh, Bumpy Johnson <laughs> um, uh, show, uh, which is very weird to see Mr. D'Orofio just drop the end bomb like, wow, got it. <laughs> uh, and then, what was the other one? There's another, show. oh, Big Bang Theory. For the love of Christ, I've no, only seen it in, in two minute. I've seen it in two minute uh, increments. Two that minutes sh- too long. I will we'll say that I'll show. Say I will say that show as a as a as a TikTok, it works. It's not funny, but you look at it, you're like, oh, I get what you're doing here. And then you can look, they play a lot of young Sheldon at my gym. It's very weird. All right, everyone. Stop doing that. Whatever the hell that is. <laughs> <laughs> Go on Netflix and watch Carol and the End of the World. That show is really good so far. I don't know if any of you have heard of it because I did not know what this nope. was. No. Nope. Um, Long story short, animated series on Netflix, limited series. I think it's literally just 10, maybe eight episodes. Um, And it's just an animated show about like, there's this like ominous green orb coming towards the world and the world ends in like seven months or something. And the whole, and the whole show is just about like how people react to that. You, there is the most unnecessary nudity I've any ever seen in any project ever. Every episode there's like, someone's top or bottom is out in every single episode um but it's just really like a meditation on like you know people are oh i'm about to die i'm gonna travel the world i'm gonna check off my bucket list but it's really about the main character carol who does not have a bucket list and the type of person that is and it focuses on like hey if you didn't really if the mundane is like the thing you wanted to do in life what do you do when life is about to end uh, it's very fascinating. It's like bringing up a bunch of shit in me because I look, I, I, I'm i a man of simple pleasures. So I'm like relating to Carol a little bit. So I'm like, damn, should I feel guilty? But then other shit happens and I'm like, damn, do I feel sorry for the people who are running out here, traveling the world, shooting up drugs and shit? It's, it's very, it's very interesting. It's a lot to think about. And it's beautiful animation, too. It, it's just really it's a good show overall. And it's like a 30 minute thing. It's not going to take forever. So, yeah, uh, the guy who created it, because I, I, I look into this stuff, uh, worked on Rick and Morty. Which, yeah. uh, and he also worked on, this is a Dan Harmon. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually in. He worked on Community. He was a writer on Community as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, what is it he about, wrote the best yeah. episode of Community. Okay. Yeah, See, I'm in. I'll watch, I'll, I'll watch that. There's something about, like, people who worked with Rick and Morty making a different animated show and me actually liking that show instead. Because same <laughs> yeah. thing happened with, uh, what is it, Abnormal People, Ordinary People. Strange Planet, that's what it's called. Strange, Strange Planet. Planet, but that's not Rick and Morty people. Uh, that's my that's like that's my buddy Charlie Gavin who wrote who 
uh, created that show. Dan Harmon is the executive producer, but my buddy Charlie yeah, Gavin. Um, Charlie Charlie worked on uh, Harvey Beaks. He worked on Harvey Beaks, Clarence, um, mm. and uh, Big City Greens. Like he did a lot of that stuff. Uh, Charlie was the first person I ever podcast with. Uh, hey. Hey, so, there yeah, we go. there we go. Uh, also, I know Brooke, you have seen Blue Eyed Samurai. You have yeah, no good things about that show. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean that also just animation style wise. Like I, a lot of things that I watch, I'm drawn at least on Netflix. I'm drawn to by the style. It's beautiful, but that's also like a really great example of a a really great story told in eight episodes. And you're like, cool. <clears throat> Thank you for keeping it to eight episodes. I think sometimes we've lost uh, the ability to tell like a succinct story and it, it feels really good. I think they said they're going to do a season two, which I think feels okay, but it, um, I, I I loved it for what it was. The for uh, So I can't recommend it enough. It's really good. A really great revenge story with a great cast. Yeah. You think they're going to do like a Fargo type thing and just make it a completely different story and cast or you think they're picking up? I think they said they're picking up. I would much rather it be like at the same time, but in a completely different place in Japan. Like, cause I, I think it would be interesting to talk about. Cause like part of the, I, I don't know how many of y'all have seen it or, but like, I don't, I'm interested. It's on the list. Okay. The The basic premise, right. Is that like, this is a time in a particular time in Japanese history where you have, colonizers coming in from the West who um, are leaving essentially the mixed race children, which puts Japan in this really unique position because they kind of kick out most of the Westerners. Right. But they still have these children. And like what happens to the social class of children? And um, I think it'd be interesting to have it be different stories about how those different children try to deal with that social dynamic happening in Japan at that time, kind of time period. Um, Cause that's sort of the setting for why this young woman's on a revenge quest because she's trying to get revenge against her father. Um, but I think that'd be really cool. I don't think that's what they're going to do. I think they're picking it up um, with the same sort of cr a central crew of characters and then moving forward. But um I think it'd be cool if they did that kind of explanation, but exploration. But I'm also always a sucker for like historicized Japan stuff and animation. It's the part of me that grew up watching like Rooney Kenshin, where I just it just always makes me happy. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, well, another one on the list. <laughs> I'll get to yeah. this in like a month when I'm done with Carol. Because <laughs> that's yeah. how long it takes me to watch it. Yeah, I will warn you, the episodes are like an hour long, so it is more of a commitment. I, I am down for a commitment. Uh we did sex education that way and Actually, oh, heck yeah. we, we got season one down. Now it's like two, three, and I've caught up, but now four is out. And now we both need the one. It's a whole thing. It's a whole yeah. thing. We'll get yeah. through all of it. Yeah. I'm doing that with actual play shows. I'm yeah. putting on dropout and being like, give me that, give me that serotonin, baby. I don't know. I, I want to make a good effort this year. Well, now that we can we can talk about this for, for a second. Now that football is essentially done, outside of like some uh weird off games that called the playoffs don't understand what that is uh i'm gonna try to uh answer my answer my time just to figure it out but um jared you know jared um it's lost to time we did eulogize uh uh brooke and my uh team the jacksonville jaguars rp uh, they, they have been eulogized though however there has been a new update Philadelphia Eagles. Mm. What happened? 
happened? What in the world happened? I looked up and they were just gone. It is very interesting to think about uh, thinking about that team three months ago. Mm-hmm. Really like six weeks ago uh, when they were still 10 and two or whatever. You're like, all right, just, you know, one loss after the bye week. It's no big deal. And then four games later, you're like, mm, they've only won one of these. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> yeah. I think it's like, um, it's just no, there's not even like a really cool, like James Harden excuse when he's in, when he was uh, in Atlanta, like clearly yeah. he wasn't in the strip club, but just couldn't play. Like yeah, I got, yeah, there's yeah. no good excuse. <laughs> they, did, they, they got out the bye week and it was just a problem. Uh, everyone downloaded the tush push and they couldn't do it anymore. And that was the only play they had. So and <laughs> no, the defense yeah. is the literal ghetto. I was so. like, you want the excuse? Brian Daywall, who like imagine that Brian Day, was it right? Is it right? No, not Brian Daywall. It's uh Matt Patricia. Imagine, yeah, Matt Patricia. imagine you go and you're like, we're going to fire a defensive coordinator. Why don't we hire the guy? Bill Belichick thought you can't coach my defense, but what you can do is run my offense and ruin a nut puncher <laughs> like forever. And you're just like, uh, we're going to have that guy run our defense. I like, don't, I mean, I get to that. Maybe they were trying to like freshen it up. Cause it was a couple years after the Super Bowl run. They were kind of resetting a little bit. Um, poor, uh, uh, Jason Kelsey. Jason had, Kelsey. Yeah. And they like rebuilt yeah. like four defenses around this dude. Cause he's been around for so long. Um, and this is the the last one he gets when he allegedly retires is this fucking nonsense. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think the the adage is always true. You're not going. You don't win championships without having good defense. Um, this is the, this has been an Eagles problem for a long time. Uh-huh. When I was in high school, this was the Eagles problem. Uh, McNabb had an arm. Um, Westbrook was like always like. He wasn't always MVP, like best running back of the season or in the league, but he was always top five. Um, Freddie Mitchell wanted to thank his Freddie hands. Mitchell, yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um, there, there was always a wide receiver option, even if there wasn't the same option every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and if there wasn't, Don McNabb was 6'4 and like 250 and would have run it himself. Um, they always knew how to score high. They just didn't know how to stop scores. So when they found the one team that had like a top five in the league defense and they couldn't just rainbow them all night, it was always a problem. Um, and good to know that that has not changed in 15 or 20 years. Um, they are still like amongst the best teams in the NFC East and the NFC East is still the third world country of. I must say that's together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stuff out there. Being better than the Cowboys is not a brag. Uh, in fact, if you were worse than the Cowboys, it'd be, it'd be more impressive. I think it was very funny because, like, in our group chat, because we're all laughing at Mike McCoy. Because, like, that is that I think I think the Cowboys collapse is actually funnier. <laughs> um, they do it like every couple of years, where like this every- is like a good team, mm-hmm. and then it never fails. And and it's always can't. funny. Uh, and you, you posted, I was like, man, it's going to really suck. <laughs> it's going to be terrible lose. when this happens to us in 48 hours. Yeah, it's just, uh, I don't know. Uh, but it's really great. I, I, I actually think, like, 
I don't think it's been a good season stat wise. We're not going to talk about my fantasy team because that was also shit show. Um, uh, so I think it's been like, but I think it was a good. I actually think it was a more enjoyable year to watch football because of the uncertainty of things that would happen. And like you would look up one day and be like, "Oh, Calvin Ridley had uh, like 200 yards. Oh, uh, uh, they this team looks unstoppable. Oh, are the Lions good? Like I, I think that's been really great. So, uh, I mean, it's been it's what the Lions' first playoff win in like 30 years or some bullshit. More than that, dude. 1992. Sheesh. Good lord. It, yeah. Uh, it's been a long time, uh, but I think, like I said, I think it's been very, uh, it's been very cool, very enjoyable. What a, what a season! But now that that's done, um, and until uh, the San Antonio Spurs wants to put a team around Victor Wembanyama, who is, uh, have you seen this guy yet, Emmett? Victor Wembanyama. I have. This is a criticism. Imagine, imagine. He's like the literal manifestation of Slenderman. Like, he, his proportions. Also. Oh, yeah. popped up. I just yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Victor is so large. He's so he's, large. He's just so tall. And, like, his. It, it, like his proportions are just there's so much limb his oh wingspan is incredible bro built like a stick bug yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I, yeah. he, I mean he's like the closest thing to a human pokemon we're ever going to get is like him, <laughs> him and brock lesnar uh like it literally he literally looks like somebody like uh the macros used to do that monster factory joint where they yeah. would just go and yeah <laughs> he's, he's, like, a, he's like a dark souls 2 created character yeah, yeah, yeah sure. just the like sliders are all the way up. It's simply to be a center for basketball. Yeah, I'm just hearing, I'm just hearing, uh, uh, like Griffin going, no mid sliders, and like that's literally what that <laughs> dude is, man. Uh, I saw him once. He's so tall and so long. He went to dunk the ball off a finger roll, which should <laughs> not be a thing that anyone is able to do. And he was just. And I'm like, how do you? What do you do at this point? Like, what do you? He's also like can't do anything with twenty or twenty one, right? Yeah, he's yeah, he's baby. Young. Yeah. yeah, he's a baby. <laughs> Dude, he's gonna have a great career as a parallel line. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> he's eating them stripes up. For yeah, sure. for real. Oh man. Well, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, it's gonna be great for people who do not look them up. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know if you're listening and you heard all those descriptions. Right, draw what yeah, you think. Draw, draw, draw your, <laughs> message us. Tell us what. Show us the gift you thought you think of when you think of Victor Wimbenyama. Uh Please don't draw the number eleven. That's invalid. That's valid though. Number yeah, eleven. That's just, that's just two Victor Wimbenyamas. Uh, yeah. Will from <laughs> Will from Foster's Home for Imaginary Pets. That's that's it. <laughs> um, uh, speaking of sports people who deserve to get canceled, uh, old Aaron Rodgers. Fuck that dude, man. I've oh, gone for I I I. Hey, man. Look, I have well gone. Like, I don't. I, I hate the phrase cancel culture isn't real because it is like it, it, it like it is to a degree, right? Like I think the people who bemoan and bitch about cancel culture for the most part 
they will never experience it. But I do think like for people who are like marginalized, like there is a thing that happens. Aaron Rodgers cannot go on the Pat McAfee show after saying someone was on a pedophile list and then being like, well, everyone's canceling me. I don't know why I can't come on the show and catch my $1 million paycheck to say absolutely jack shit for 45 seconds and then get headlines because I said some dumb ass shit. Like, I, I, I don't like that motherfucker is proof positive that even if you go to UC Berkeley, it does not make you smart. Like, you actually have to pay <laughs> attention when you go into a class. Like, he fucking lives off vibes and feelings. And I just, I am so over him. Like, I used to be like, oh, his family sucks. Like, how do you not, like, now I understand. Like, his family was like, nah, he was on some bullshit and we're done with him. And I just, I, if I, if he never plays another down of football again, I will be happy. I never want to see him. Ever. You know, he's going to, you know, he's going to come back next season because he can't not, he can't not be the center of that entire discussion. He can't handle it. He's and the Jets aren't going to like not bring him back because the Jets. Yeah. Cause like, what do the Jets have? Yeah. I mean, the Jets have literal shit, so <laughs> they'll wheel him out there on a cart if they have to. It's crazy that it, it took this long. I'd watch that. And, and it, it yeah, I would really, watch that, actually. <laughs> it, it took this long because uh, Kimmel's uh, legal team is works harder than the devil. Mm. But it's not like this is the first time he says some out-of-pocket shit. He's been saying out-of-pocket no. shit the whole season. They paid him to be on that show to say out-of-pocket shit. Mm. Uh, it just... When in when someone got a cease and desist or some other very terse letter... Uh, letter in Disney Corporation, they're like, "All right, we gotta. It's time. It's time to shut this down." Which is like Disney's whole relationship with like this since they kind of reactionarily pivoted ESPN a couple years ago, fired like half the black people, um, and started courting these conservative voices, um, either like subtly or more mask off e in this way. Um, mm. Pat McAfee even being on. ESPN is kind of an attempt to do that. Not that Pat himself is this way, but he is very much uh, More palatable to that. He he's a very great, he's a great way to Trojan horse that to people. Yeah. Um, he, he is, I, and I say this as like full disclosure. I've known like I've been around Pat's orbit for years. My cousin, my cousin uh, Pat White, when he was quarterback at West Virginia, Pat McAfee was the punter at West Virginia, right? So. Been around those circles, right? That dude is like, he is a bar school dude. Like, he is like mm. that. <laughs> the the space that we all in games know. It's the I don't talk politics, political take guy. And that's what mm. Pat McAfee is, right? Like, someone who is very staunchly center right is okay with people who are, you know, who are more socially liberal, as they say. Uh, because they don't have to actually interact with them. It's more of the, oh, well, you just do your thing, right? They don't have any politics until people say, hey, that's fucked up. It's like, oh, why are you repeating your speech? That's when their politics show up. Right. And this, that's, that's this is exactly – the and, the and that's the kind of – that is perfect in sports. Um, that's a lot of sports people, it turns out. Yeah. Um, even ones you might think aren't. But the – ESPN and Disney as a whole, like, are Disney kind of closing their eyes to this on the ESPN side specifically is like turning into a mess a little bit 
um, uh, Aaron Rodgers is like kind of just one prong on this. But if you look at um, so a couple uh, either at this point it was either yesterday or the day before. Um, there's a press conference for UFC 297, I think. Oh, um, Sean Strickland. Where Sean Strickland, um, I think he is defending his uh, middleweight belt this weekend. Um, and there's a press conference leading up to those things. It's where the weigh-ins happen. It's all that kind of shit. Uh, well, the weigh-ins happen... If the way it happens tomorrow, the press conferences start basically Monday this week and kind of go into the whole week. Um, <clears throat> he had a press conference. He was asked by a journalist to elaborate on some comments he made that were anti-queer um, and anti-woman a co- like a week before that or something like that. And he reacted um, like a person whose character has become I am... I hate LGBTQ stuff and I think women should go back in the kitchen, which is, I'll say there's an extent to which this is a character he's playing. Um, the idea of being a character in a shoot sport is not a new idea, but it's become pretty prevalent in the past eight, nine ish years um, from you know, obviously, Muhammad Ali is a famous sort of character guy. Um, he was the guy he was, but he was. But this man wasn't the same guy in front of the camera as he was when the camera wasn't around. He knew when to turn it up. Um, Tyson's the same way. A lot of these guys were. Um, <clears throat> recently in the UFC, around 2010, 2013 or whatever, um, folks like Ronda Rousey and Conor McGregor specifically kind of... Re, re, rekindle the art of being a character um, and tr- developing interests um, outside of the f- actual thing that you do. Like every time you're at a press conference, um, you're seen in the wild, you make public statements in magazines, you're, you're doing it to provoke. Um, since those two have left, it kind of left a hole because in reaction to all the money they're drawing, Dana's tripling down and using them to promote all these shows and promote like the company. They literally put the company on like uh, Conor McGregor's back so much so that he was the first person to be able to negotiate getting like a percentage of ownership as part of his compensation package. That wasn't just money. This hadn't happened before. Um, But he leaves and leaves a hole, a gap, like no one's watching anything anymore because these other people weren't all that interesting. It turns out. Uh, they just kind of wanted to fight. The best fighter from then on was either John Jones, who didn't fight because he was busy getting arrested, mm-hmm. um, and who is still probably the best fighter to ever do it, but can't seem to not be arrested. So Listen, he does two things, fight and drugs. I don't know what you want from him. Right. He does two, two things. Uh, man <laughs> excels at two things, cocaine and driving on the influence and also beating the shit out of people in the octagon. Yeah. Um, but the other greatest guy in the world, um, Habib, he just wants to fight. He doesn't want to talk to you. He wants to praise Allah and choke somebody out. Uh, and that's not very yep. interesting. Oh, 
Uh, oh no! Oh no! <laughs> and he no. said no. If he said no, no more Allah came in and said, "Nah, shut up." No. <laughs> Whatever you're about to say, I'm gonna stop you right now. <laughs> they told you oh, no. no. The big USC has come in and stopped us. Yeah, Dana White tried to stop me. <laughs> um, there's a there's a he's been trying to find like this thing. He's trying to like get lightning back in this company ever since, and that's caused him to sort of court court the worst people's like worst interest like instincts to be another conor mcgregor mm. um it was colby covington for a while mm-hmm. who was like an open trumper um would wear like the um the, the maggot hat, hat yeah ring, wrap itself on the flag after it would win and do like crazy like gop like shit like mm-hmm. as it's like victory speeches or whatever he wanted trump to put the title on him if he had won his match he did not win right yeah. Even then, <laughs> he stuck no, to like tried and true prize fighting tropes of just being racist, basically. Yeah. yeah. He pissed off, like, to be fair, he pissed off the guy that Jerry was talking about, like, who is a piece of shit, Sean Strickland. Awful guy. Anyone who unprovokingly goes after Keith Lee uh, and tells a bullshit lying story, like, is an awful person. Yes. Uh, but Covington pissed off Sean Strickland because, like, he was talking about. Uh, one of the fighters whose dad unfortunately passed when he was a kid, and he was just like, "I'm going to send you to hell to be with your dad." Like everyone's like, "Dude, what the fuck are you he was, doing?" He, he flew too close to the sun on a character thing, and his fists and feet could not back it up. No. If he was still winning, it's one thing. That's how kind of it worked for Connor. Connor would say out of pocket shit and win. Uh, when Connor stopped winning, it stopped working for him. Um, mm-hmm. And for Colby, he never even got to the point where he was winning a lot and could go super ham. Um, and his he's kind of fizzled out since. But even in that space, Dana White's like openly endorsed Donald Trump in 2016 and 2020. Donald Trump's been to UFC events multiple times. Um, they hang out together at Mar-a-Lago. He, he, and not just Trump, other fucking MAGA weirdos he's become like a part of the set with. Mm. And... They've become like an I certain an identity, an, an identifiable sort of feature of UFC. Yeah. Um, which then plays back to the feedback loop of all these people trying to be the next guy, the next character who can get draw. Sean Strickland is that he's he's taking that thing, he's not really doing it MAGA style, but he's doing it internet chud style, mm-hmm. where he's not politically affiliated, but you probably know how he's gonna vote. But what he's really gonna do is just say the shit on 8chan that you can't say anything. <laughs> Yeah, um, which was something even Colby Covington wasn't doing three or four years ago because he knew that was the line. But the line is moving or doesn't exist anymore. I, I don't think it um, exists, right? Like I think, like, like I think being like being genuine, right? Like, and this is gonna. I'm gonna say it. But I don't give a shit. Uh, I think like one of the the things where people who are the loudest on the internet they say they want that kind of space, right? It is like. Um, uh, the there's a dude I'm not gonna say his name because I I really don't feel like dealing with his people. Uh, does a very weekly pod like a, a daily podcast show, and his wife once locked him out of his locked him <laughs> locked him in the basement. He had to pee in the corner. Like that dude is someone who sits in that space, right? Who sits in a space where he does the oh I'm not talking politics, but then objectively talks about politics, right? Like one of the things is like the conversation has been on the casting of Abby in the last of us part, like the last of us season two. 
right? Mm-hmm. Or it's become this whole thing of like, <laughs> oh, well, she's too good looking to be Abby. And it's just like, okay, well. Have you I seen Abby? The fuckery around the discussions about Abby are driving me crazy because they're mad now that they've cast Caitlin Devers, who's a great actress. Booksmart is a great movie. I love Booksmart. I hey. think she does a great job in that movie. Um, they cast her in this role, and she's exactly what all of the angry little last of us fanboys were mad abby wasn't when they released the character models when that game trailer came out that like showed who abby was or whatever um back before the game launched they were like oh she's so mannish and they used all these really transphobic and woman like anti-woman and really just nasty things to talk about abby as a character abby as how she was built women can't be that strong they shouldn't be that muscular all this crap so then they get a woman who kind of fits that bill right like here you know she's like beautiful and very standard like white beautiful hollywood type person and then she's not right for that either which is just proof that women just like can't win in a lot of media culture spaces, but especially in gaming related ones, it's never going to be kind of the right fit. I feel like it just, I I find that flip really interesting that like Abby was so hated as a character. Her design was so critiqued when that design like went live and when people actually played the game, people really hated Abby. Right. Mm. And you know, I won't, talk about game specifics that I don't want to spoil it for people, but like people really hated Abby for lots of reasons and pointed to her physicality as like a scapegoat for it. And then they finally get it in this and then they're losing their minds in a different way. And it's just, it's exhausting. All the casting stuff is exhausting, but Sorry, that's my that's my soapbox. I'm very I, I have a lot of feelings about the a lot of the discourses going around about the Last of Us casting right now. Yeah, for season two. Yeah, and I, I I think it's I mean I do, I do think it's important for us to kind of to look at that stuff and to and to bring it up. And I think it does it. I think it does a disservice. And this is like kind of wrapping that into like the McAfee stuff and like how we deal with it in the games media and stuff like how we deal with like those kind of situations, right? Like the thing that Aaron Rodgers saying that really sucks is not is McAfee and his fan and his friends, which is the thing I think that doesn't get that gets lost in this, in this whole conversation. They will tell him no, but it's like geeky and, and ha ha and gahoff gahoff. Mm. But like the important thing is like, Hey, we have to stop that. Cause like saying that is inherently bad. Right. Um, and the hosts aren't going to stop it. Mm-hmm. And ESPN is going to show you it, right? And ESPN's not going to con- not going to say we're showing it because it's up to them, but we're going to kind of condemn it. They don't do that either, which is mm-hmm. the same thing. Like when Strickland gets in front of a microphone and says crazy shit, ESPN broadcasts it. Doesn't stop it from happening. Doesn't like condemn it. What after it happens, just kind of lets it happen silently, which yeah. sounds yeah. like completely irresponsible for someone that big. And and which is why it makes two entities in the Disney universe smashing up against each other legally over uh, wild libelous claims uh, to be fucking hilarious yeah. because that's what happens when you own half of media. You, the the houses you just bought fight each other. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's true. It's, it, it's really uh, a great, a great reason. If you love inter corporation fighting like this, just please show up and watch Dune too. When it comes to theaters. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Oh, uh, that's gonna be very funny. Will I stay awake this Elvis with that eyebrows? Well will I be <laughs> I have not seen a movie. It's uh Darren Aronofsky that's direct, uh, directing the dudes, yeah. 
Um, it's no, Denny, no, 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 Vita, no, 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 yeah. You like sad boy shit. You don't like <laughs> so, sad boy sci-fi. I don't know what yeah. it is. It's that sad. <laughs> he is a slow-paced guy. He yeah. likes a really good long, wide shot with like this overwhelming sound thing that takes 15 minutes to get through. And you're just like, okay, I get it. It's space, it's cool, but it, it takes a while. He's very yeah, wanna, into that. You want to watch the sand for like 30 seconds? <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah. I'm, t- I'm so tired. I remember I was so hype to like Blade Runner is one of my favorite films, right? I love Blade Runner. I loved like it's one of my favorite movies. So I was so excited. And I'm a huge Ryan Gosling guy, right? Like Mickey Mouse Club, big fan of Ryan Gosling, right? How are you a Mickey Mouse Club Ryan Gosling fan? First of all, because Mickey Mouse Club had Ryan Gosling, had uh had um Justin Timberlake, Christina Aguilera, Britney Spears, uh I don't know anyone who was fans of that era though. I was a fan of the M I C K E Y M O U S C. I love that show. Don't no, don't you I this is not a bit. I love the Disney Mickey Mouse Club. Anyway, um the movie opens and he goes to this moisture farm and it's like with Batista. It's a beautiful shot. Batista's really great. And I wake up and then there's Anna Diaris like in a hologram naked. And I was like, <laughs> what did I miss? I know I missed a lot. A lot. <laughs> Why is this purple hologram naked? Like what's going on here? Look. I, I was ready to be mad at you. Then I looked at his filmography just to jog my memory. Um, I would have fell asleep during Doom if I wasn't with friends. Uh, same thing mm-hmm. with Blade Runner. I mm-hmm. did fall asleep during Arrival, um, mm-hmm. but I will vouch for Prisoners and Sicario. Those are pretty good. Mm. Are I pretty good. I have seen Dune three times. I think collectively I've watched a good 45% of that movie. It's okay. It's it. Yeah. It's kind of, it feels like a chapter one. <laughs> yeah, I saw it in well, IMAX. I mean, it literally, the is. only redeeming yeah. feature. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And you're right. It literally is. It it cuts off so abruptly because yeah, it is just a part of it's a the, thing. The, yeah. That movie is the first half of the first book. Yeah. yeah. God damn. <laughs> yeah. First half of the first book. Although uh, most people in like the Dune universe, I've only read the first book. I had no desire to read the second. My friends who have read further books in the series would tell you uh, maybe yeah. if it takes three movies to get through the first book you're okay with that because I don't know honestly, if you want more of the book content. The first book's really all you need. Yeah. It gets it, when I tell you it gets fucking weird after that, trust me I am under something. There's I, no I, way I to describe words. it to you. I trust you. <laughs> um, it's like unfilmably weird about the third book. Yeah. Just- oh, I want to see it then. I want to see that try to get filmed. <laughs> Give me the room button sand. Uh, I don't know. Like, listen, I know, look, I know JJ Abrams makes not great. Like, who don't want to see JJ Abrams movies? But I will say, as much as I hate Rise of the Skywalker and I hate that movie, I was awake throughout that whole movie. I was awake throughout that whole movie. Give me J.J. Oh. Abrams' space Look. opera in Dune. This quiet I, reflection movie, space <laughs> opera. I was also awake during that whole movie in the same way I was awake during the whole O.J. chase. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's apples and oranges there. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, hey, strictly being awake is the only requirement. I got you. I've, I've actually been thinking about. I tell you some Adderall. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I've been thinking about recently in uh, rewatching some of those Star Wars movies that I always said, like, I don't like those movies. Um, just to, like, make sure that I still don't like those movies. Um, and I, I, I'm, I think I'm about to watch two, three, and Rise of Skywalker again. Uh, every other one of the movies I love. Like I, I'm the weirdo who loves Han Solo. I think that movie's fucking rad. I think people were just mad that it wasn't Harrison Ford. That movie's fucking solo. Awesome. Yeah, my, solo. My argument for Solo is that is the best written, worst acted Star Wars film. If they, Amelia Clark <laughs> sinks that film. The actual dialogue, pacing, and character arcs in that movie are great, but they're so terribly acted you just can't get through it. But like the actual script of that movie is quite good compared yeah. to a lot of the more recent Star Wars things. You know what's funny? The op- I feel the opposite about um, Rogue One. Rogue One. I like, don't. Yeah. I really like that movie, but it's not like the writing is not moving. It's just everybody is doing their character yeah. Yeah. shit yeah. so well. Yeah, yeah. it's That's- beautifully acted. It's beautifully acted. Yeah. The vibes are immaculate. Mm. That's why I don't like that movie. I don't like. I don't. Like broadcasting, I don't like Rogue One, but I think that script is awful. But like, if you would have gave me like, if you would give me those characters in like a fucking Ryan Johnson, like if Ryan Johnson had did Rogue One, holy shit, I would have been like, yeah, let's fucking go. <laughs> like, let's everyone would be speaking go. like some sort of old timey fake sp- like space language. <laughs> <laughs> are they still giving him? Are they still letting him work on a old Republic thing? I think the the rumor was yes, but I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I mean, really... they've rebooted and changed it so much because that w- that was announced before they announced um, like all the changeover with Kathleen Kennedy leaving the position, Dave Filoni mm-hmm. finally being made the head the head cheese. So I don't. Uh, there's a lot of ambiguity about anything announced pre that if it's actually still going to happen. Mm. There's gonna wasn't there like talk about like shrinking the sort of extended stuff to been doing TV shows and all that kind of shit. Like maybe I hope. doing less of that. Yeah. Like uh, I like that stuff, but I don't need a lot of it. No. There's also a Mandalorian movie in the works and that feels like so yes. an- antithetical to the point. Like, yeah. That yeah. seems weird. Uh, fun fact, I had never seen a Star Wars movie until they announced Solo and I was so excited to see Donald Glover as fucking Lando. I was like, let me get into the series. And then I never got around the fucking Solo <laughs> And then I watched fucking Rise of Skywalker and decided I'm done with the entire franchise. Yeah, yeah. So I've still so, never seen Solo. Let me, the let roller me, coaster ride. Let me I, mean, I don't know that you've missed a ton. Yeah. Honest. Let me say, I mean, let me, let me say I, this. I, probably, I bet I didn't miss a lot because I watched a fuck ton to get there. Donald, <laughs> Donald Glover playing Nine movies. Lando Carizian is, of course, apropos as my original op. The one person. The one. Hold on. The, the, the one honor. person that if I see him in the street, it goes down is, of course, Billy D. fucking Williams. <laughs> Sir, it's been 20 years now. You know what you did. And I'm coming for you. This is a parody, so I don't get arrested. Disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. It's coming for you in Minecraft. <laughs> yeah, in Call of Duty. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'll find you in Fortnite. In Fortnite, yeah. Yeah, you, you and me and Peely. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord. I literally uh, watched that movie. I was like, and this is like when I was still rocking with Donald Glover. I was like, maybe this will fix 
my issues with land nope it didn't no. <laughs> it did not because uh, it's based on the thing you hate mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the, the guy the is ugly. yes the heart is ugly <laughs> I saw him come up and interact with Finn and Rise of Skywalker. It's like, hey, you're the only other black guy. Here's my daughter. It's like, cool. <laughs> so it's, we're in a universe, a vast universe, where there's thousands of stars. The three black people, oh, yeah, we all know each other. <laughs> like, of course. Uh, of big black course. people meeting in space. <laughs> oh, it's you know what? The entire conversation of you're the only black guy here. Here's my daughter. I have had that conversation at jobs. <laughs> it is very uncomfortable. <laughs> I didn't realize you worked in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> well, now I'm even further away, thank God, on the greener pastures. I want to say that's one of the great parts about being in Alabama. I was like, oh, there's so many different black people. I'm so happy. Uh, and that is the case in Georgia, too, but not everywhere. I'm too close to fucking Atlanta for that to be the case everywhere. Well, yeah, Cobb County. <laughs> Cobb County is different. Cobb County is a whole, it's a whole different. Oh, well, I'm in Gwinnett County. I'm in the place where, okay. like, all, they, they make jokes about all the white people here. That's where I'm at. Mm, yeah. That will do but it. Hey, that will I'm do moving it. on, though. To the uh, east side. To the east side. Uh, I'm deciding to go away from black people and move up north, but <laughs> there's some, uh, we're, there's we're some already there. here. I was yeah, like, the, hey, right there. <laughs> you know, yeah. there's a few of us up here. You know, that's true. Also, I was gonna say, like DC, they call it chocolate. It's like historically, city, a black yeah, that's yeah, true. yeah <laughs> like yeah. Oh, I can I can tell the story because Brooke is here. Um, so uh, speaking of DC, <laughs> I'm so scared of whatever that story is about to segue into. Uh, speaking of DC, uh, uh, so me and Brooke, um, I at one point I was oh. I had stayed in uh, I had stayed in uh, the DMV area for a month. Uh, so me and Brooke, like we were talking about, like oh yeah, we should go to WNBA because we're bi- really big into WNBA. And I was like, yeah, we'll go to a Mystics. It was like Mystics versus the Liberty. And this is like when uh, I and Asko just cut off like that hot night on the three-point contest. And like that Liberty mm-hmm. team is just so good. And I was like, okay, cool. So like uh, I'm staying with a mutual friend. And I was like, oh, hey, uh, I need to, you know, I'm going to take the Metro so I can go to uh, the Liberty game. Uh, and he was like, uh, yeah, well, they play at the Capital One Arena. Bet I've been there. I know how to get there. So I think Brooke is like, or like Brooke message like, hey, do you know how to get? It's like, yeah, I've been there a million times. Like, I've been I, just wanna, I just want to preface the story with I sent him the address and said the name of the arena. It is not the Capital One Arena. No, it is oh. not the Capital One. So like, so I was just like, yeah, I've been there a million times. I go on, the tra- I go on the train. I go early. Go on the train, drive all the way to Metro, go to the Capital One Arena, Ghost Town. It is just empty. There's no one there. And I'm just like. I get this text that's like, (laughs) how do I get inside? And I'm outside of a a baseball arena. I mean, baseball arena, basketball arena where people are being let in. There's like a line down the street. I'm like, what do you mean? Where do you get in? It's pretty (laughs) obvious. And then he's like, I don't know. I don't see anyone. And that's what I'm already like. Oh, no. Oh, no. And so I ask him. Hey Tio, where are you? And he said, I'm at the arena. I said, No, no, no. Which arena? <laughs> and he goes, Capital One. And I go, Oh no, you're 40 minutes across town. <laughs> you are two metro lines away from where you need to be, my man. And the game starts in 10. So I'm just like, shit. Okay, well, 
I'm getting back on the Metro. So like I look it up, it's like, it's like a 20 minute Metro there. So I'm like, okay, cool. Go, I go on the Metro, the line that gets to the basketball stadium closed. I have to leave DC public transit, baby out of the Metro onto street and walk in the middle of the hood in DC. (sighs) Meanwhile, what I am wearing? No. Blue jeans. No. Solid mm. blue shirt. Blue and white checkered shirt. Mm. Just walking mm. straight down. So you know. <laughs> did not check in. <laughs> did not check in. I did not I did not check in. Thankfully, it was a, a while. It was a long walk, but I got there. Uh I got there in the stadium. I did not I did not uh pass. Passed away as I am recording now, but yeah. Now you pass well enough to make it through. <laughs> I did pass well enough to make it through. Like it helps being five. Yeah, no, no, big homie. <laughs> yeah, it, it helps being five eleven, two hundred, <laughs> you know, two hundred seventy pounds. Like it helps being a big dude. But yeah, it was uh that was a that was a journey. I've walked so I can say like yeah, I've been around black people in DC. I have been around that area, but also. Uh, DC's expensive as shit. Yeah, that's yeah, that's other, true. That's the other part. It's that's, really expensive. That's the other shoe. I would have just went home. Fuck. Well, no. Because- <laughs> Honestly, I even told him. I was like, dude, I understand if you want to go home. Like, I will not be offended. Like, no. it's all good. <laughs> I wanted to watch basketball with my friend. And at that time, I was at that point going to go out of town. And I was and then like, after that whole situation, I was like, I'm not, which turned out to be the better thing because when I got back to Jacksonville, like literally two days later, my tire popped and I was a ticking time bomb and I did not know. So I was like, mm. Oh, <laughs> I'm glad this happened now. Not when I'm, I'm in North Carolina. <laughs> it's it's three o'clock in the morning in North Carolina and I have no tire. Uh, I, I don't make a lot of good decisions, y'all. That's like kind of that is kind of just where my lord is. Life isn't life isn't exciting if you pick the right dialogue choices every time. Right, you got to rerun yeah. it again and pick all the red ones. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's true. Exactly. Low uh, karma, poison the water supply. <laughs> uh, I, I have Renegade. a I, I have a question for you guys. I have a, I have a hmm. question for you guys. Let's say. You are you have become famous in your field of work that you guys are doing so mm-hmm. famous that a movie studio says, Jarrett, Brooke, Emmett, uh, I have I will make the movie based on your life. Would you cast someone that is older than you to play you in that movie? <laughs> <laughs> Depends on the somewhat. I would cast Denzel to be me. Hmm. You have to cast, figure out. I cast like, Billy D. Williams to be me. <laughs> why would you do that? <laughs> Can you cast me to play literally anyone else? <laughs> nope. I literally can't cast anyone else. <laughs> I'll cast him to play my grandfather who I never met and wasn't shit apparently. So yeah, there you go. Hey, the hey. I'm in that club too, baby. <laughs> bingo, bingo. Um, God, I mean, I'd I'd be cliche and say the person that we're all thinking of relating to this story, but like that's too on the nose. Uh, so Rick, have you seen this Twenty One Savage movie 
announcement release. So I've seen the announcement and I saw I saw some of the discourse that was <laughs> happening around this announcement. And I was like, oh, that's a choice. Um, but yeah, yes, no, I, yeah, yeah. I kind of know what's up. Uh, one shout out to Bomani, Bomani Jones, Poppy, and Dan Levitard with the worst. Yo, <laughs> screen is crazy. <laughs> Bomani's, excuse me, Bomani's actor looks like he's going to get a like job interview at like Walmart. Like, he looks he like he's at a job interview to make the money to buy a, an outfit for the real job interview. Yeah, it just like. And they made Dan Levitard look like he has a Coke flow in Cuba. Yeah. I, I, I had no idea. I was just like, what in the, it's like, what's going on? Also. It's funny because that I, it's very rare when I, I see a thing in a biopic and I'm like, I remember watching this live. Right. I remember this distinctly. <laughs> it's not, like you said, it's not too old where it's like, oh yeah, I don't think that's the thing. Like, no, that was like kind of poppy shtick. Like that. It, it was just, it's just. I don't know, like, one, there's no way in the world I would ever cast Donald fucking Glover to play <laughs> me. He's, to play, I'm he's, nine years, he's nine years older than 21 Savage. He's not even British. Like, so he's 30? Uh, 21 Savage <laughs> is 31. You're not hired. Oh, you want, this isn't the job, oh, wow. but you're doing it. What a dad tier joke. Oh my uh, God. Someone just crashed their car listening to this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to get sued. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I meant directly. <laughs> um, but 21, like, it's just, it's so, like, again, I thought we weren't doing, like, one, the thing looks like it is a direct from Quibi movie. Like, that is, <laughs> that is, like, that is the 2B special for sure. Yeah. I was about to say, this looks like 2B movie quality. Yeah. But my understanding is he is bankrolling this. Like, um, like he's getting, he's filming an entire movie. I like, I mean, not literally out of his pocket, yeah. but he is yeah. like, like he is responsible. Like he's not, a studio didn't approach him. He is, he started the conversation. He wow. got, um, he got the Glover brothers to make that trailer. Um, mm. like, did he tell them like a, not to hire an editor? Like, why did it have to be four <laughs> minutes? <laughs> he might have been the editor. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the, like the movie itself looks like, but clearly this is real and he's taking yeah. it seriously and yeah. he is like, this created a spearhead and like a big financial part of why it's happening. 21. So that might explain why it looks like it's straight to Tubi. Cause I don't know. He might be like, it reminds me of those Master P movies in the two thousands. <laughs> I was yes. just thinking yeah. that. He made like three or four movies and you're like, who, no, who told you to do this? And, and the answer was no, no one told him not to. It and is that's why they exist. Yeah. <laughs> I remember it feels back. like that. I remember back when when I was a kid, we every single Friday we would go to video warehouse while our Chinese food that we ordered was cooking and everyone in the family would choose a movie. My dad would always pick these fucking movies. You were like paid for. <laughs> yep. He would always pick the the movie that was in a jewel case instead of a DVD box. <laughs> He would always get the fucking barbershop bootleg film that why do you even have this in stock and it would be this shit. But I feel like I don't know if I'm tripping, but 
so this movie is like coming out in theaters, coming to streaming. Like I have no idea. I don't, I don't know. Said. I don't think the trailer said. dropped when it did because it's supposed to be co-promoting the actual album of the same name. Yeah, that was yeah. out last year or whatever. But like, it's coming out. Yeah, it came. No, it came out last week, and uh, the album it came was out last came- week. But it was it was like part of the the collaboration. Club, yeah. Ian Drake did last year. Yeah, because like wow. the the uh, the uh, the albums that I dropped that Kelly Oaks album, good. Uh, that album, okay. Twenty One Savage album, okay. That Kid Cudi album, fucking trash. Fuck twenty four <laughs> tracks of awful. It's just a twenty four pack of ass. It's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. Like Costco, Costco of size of it's like Costco size pack of ass. <laughs> hate to see it god but yeah i don't i don't really like hmm. I, I i find it interesting when someone is like paid enough to like create an artistic sort of retelling of their life which sounds like a bit from like boondocks but it's going to be real mm-hmm. uh i i am not waiting in line to see it no. but i'll but like if it's on tubi i might watch it i'm gonna watch it Look. I'll I'll say I'm not entirely convinced that this is actually a film that's going to actually come out. Part of me feels like this is just an album promo. This is like a little Nas Mm. X level album promo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because like it says music inspired by the film, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't say when this movie comes out. It doesn't say where it's coming out. If it's coming out this year, it seems like you got the whole damn thing filmed. So like (laughs) you're not doing anything else to make the movie. Give us some idea of like anything about it part of me thinks this is just a really clever album rollout that is intentionally looking like a 2bs movie because the target demographic is intimately familiar with 2bs right (laughs) and it would be in in the wheelhouse of the glovers to just do a thing let everybody else say it's real not say whether it's real or not and just never Mm -hmm. follow up just yes. like let them take this narrative and create their own thing but he didn't say it is or isn't so he didn't okay. tell you it was a movie. He didn't tell you it wasn't a movie. I don't know. If it's a full feature movie, uh, do they allow – does Story Watch Savage have an Asian partner? I think that would be the only way I know that Donald Glover will do it is a full movie. Yeah, right. If he changed yeah. Amber Rose into an Asian lady? Yeah. Right. We laugh now, but when Brenda Song's in this shit. I like Jesse from freaking <laughs> – Breaking bad. I'm just gonna yell. He can't keep getting away with this. Like, <laughs> oh, that guy. Oh man, man. Twenty one Savage. Twenty one. Yeah. That that was that was like. Again, I might be grading it on the Kid Cudi curve, but I was at Twenty One Savage. Uh, Twenty One Savage album. I was like, oh, this is. I like this. This is not. It's, you British man. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Also, I. I listened to that 21 Savage album as well. It's weird because I I wasn't the biggest fan of 21. It took me quite a while to warm up to him, but now I'm like a really big fan. Uh, it yeah. sounds like, yeah, like Savage Mode. When Savage Mode 1 came out, I was like, I think I'm too old for this. And now I go back <laughs> and listen to it, and I'm like, I wasn't too old for this. I was just stupid. Um, but there's something about it where 21 Savage is such like a raw. Like, I listen to 21 Savage when I like, want to get into a fight <laughs> and this new album i am actually to it's make brick, another connection to something else music. 
this the album is closer to shopping at Target music than I want to fight someone. <laughs> music. Ooh, I'm not saying great. it is. It's not there, but it's closer in that direction. And I'm not used to that from 21. There's yeah. Doja Cat features on here for Christ's sake. What a great, what a great segue. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, most stuff. Uh, did an interview. We can't do the show without talking about one, uh, one Aubrey. Uh, most stuff did an interview. Or wait, what is most F? Is that like most F's real name that he's using now? Like the Yasin uh, Bay Yassin is Bay. his name too. It's mostly Jefferson full name. <laughs> Shut <laughs> up. Uh, I out of respect for for Yas Yaswin Bay. Yasin Yasin yeah, Bay. Yes. Okay. Uh, Yasin Bay, uh, formerly known as Most F, uh, did an interview where, like, I think the premise of the interview is like silly like is drake hip-hop he is like but you know bay makes the whole point about like i see him as pop not really hip-hop and what i would i don't disagree with it but then i would say when we have those distinctions or we have those conversations what are we considering hip-hop or rap or pop to begin with right like i don't think if you asked bay if mc hammer was hip hop. He, I don't think he would say he's not hip hop, but like MC Hammer is pop, you know, uh, 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 Sugar Hill Gang is pop. The message is a pop, like it's a rap ass song, but that's a pop song. Hmm. You know, like I think we get sure, very, I think, I think pop was a different, was a different kind of game then though, or, or yeah. rather we, we considered pop, pop wasn't just like, or you're in the mainstream once. Right. It was like, what, what is the longevity? Right. You weren't I, hearing that kind of music in top on the top 40, mm-hmm. that high in the top 40 consistently until like uh, Marshall Mathers, really. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean, like, I, I think where my biggest, like, where my issue lies with this conversation, it's like kind of, he's getting into like the weird backpacker conversations. Like, we would have like, early blog, like, not even the blog days. Like, this is like, you see somebody talk some wild shit on like their MySpace wall or on Zanga or LiveJournal, right? Like say something Zanga. like, I don't, <laughs> hey, hey, I, that's, how I, blog. that's how I learned. I don't, I've never played Farmville in my life. I am not a geriatric, sir. Okay, uh, Grandpa. <laughs> flames all over Farmville. Uh, but I. Not the cross. <laughs> Uh, but I, I do think like there's I think like having a kind of conversation being like we've gone to a part where like the question of what is hip hop it's like it, hip hop is an all encompassing thing right I don't think there is like a true thing of hip hop because then what is that right like would you, would would you consider something like Flyanna Boss who came out like an album mm-hmm. last year which is like under it's like a hip hop trap like type of like how they were how they came in how they like exposed like kind of got exposure is almost like looking at it from like the old like wayne mixtape stuff right where it's like we're doing smaller stuff getting our niche and then we're going to pull up pull a full thing like i wouldn't call them pop but it's more poppy than like someone like no name who like mm-hmm. you could also say is kind of pop like you know what stuff that she does like it's such a weird thing like it's such a nebulous thing to be like what is pop what is hip-hop you know without kind of feeling like really weirdly like 
derogatory. And look, I don't like Drake. Made it very clear. There's literally episodes, 23 of them, right? Distinctly tell you how I do not care for this man. But he is rap. He is hip hop. And unfortunately, like he kind of like set a bar for a lot of people to follow. And it that is what hip hop is now. I think taking, I mean, it is, I would say, number one, they tried his best to not throw shade when he said this, I think. He didn't have to be as delicate, but attempted to, to sound intellectual, maybe to be intellectual. Um, also, he can't go back to South Africa because he was kicked out because he stayed there too long on an illegal visa. He went to South Africa to run away from child support. So <laughs> a lot of people keeping Yasin Bey as like a, putting him on a pedestal that I think he should just maybe put next to the pedestal. Don't put him on it because like, Maybe maybe that's not the guy, but that's one drunk. Yeah, he makes he makes a, a point where that I think is very apt in that like there's a there's a sort of manicuring of that Drake's music that doesn't exist in the music he makes. Mm-hmm. Music is his peers made. Um, the music people still make. Like he doesn't like Drake writes music to be to full of lines to put under Instagram photos mm. literally writes music to be in TikTok videos. Um, like focus tests music to be popular. It's spin on radios and, you know, good old fashioned payola, but that doesn't mean it's not also hip hop. It just means it's, it, it, it's definitely living in the world of pop in all of the ways that the sort of manufacturing of music changes when you're making pop music what it's what he is doing is no different than like 2000s 2010s madonna who also mm-hmm. made very like i mean she made art but she was also making music with the intention of it being a number one smash on the radio like mm-hmm. it's okay to do both is i think where the conversation should have left and i don't think that's like what anybody got from it um and like for Drake to feel offended by that, even though he literally does the things he was being accused of. Sure. And like yeah. the, the yeah. entire point, the music he makes is to be played at Target while you're dry, like while you're shopping. That is the point. Uh seems a little disingenuous to himself. And kind of he the fact that he is he's he feels shaded by it also says a lot about how insecure he is about the entire hip hop relationship relationship with rap. And that it kind of makes him, he he. It betrays that he so desperately needs to be liked by these people, by like the Yasin Bays, the Talib Qualies, like the real hip hop dudes. Mm-hmm. That like he can't just take the win. Like he's one. He 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 will soon have more number one singles than the biggest pop star on the planet. Um, if so long as he keeps making music at the pace he does, um, he will probably eclipse Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. um, who was. A guy they call the king of pop. Um, so, like, you can't compare yourself to the dude who called himself pop music if you're not also that. And also, it's okay to be pop music. Yeah. Like, they play you and they play Ariana Grande right after. That's okay. Yeah. That means you won. They don't just play you on the on the rap station in certain areas of the of, of, on certain times of day in certain areas of the city. Like, See. 
I, I I agree with all that, but I feel like the reason Drake's upset about it is because he doesn't want to be known as he doesn't want. To, I you know what? I'll start from here. Pop music is kind of a relative term because there are there are rap songs like rapidy rap whatever songs that are pop songs because they're popular. That's really all pop music needs to be is popular. Now we've established it as a genre because. If you're if it's a pop song, it's trying to be popular. And in order to be popular, you're trying to align with a certain type of sound. But that sound is not consistent across all of pop music. I at the radio at work, they're playing fucking to pip a butterfly beat sides. <laughs> like <laughs> and well, that's on the pop t- station right out. Yeah, King not, Kuta's not, a, that's a pop song. I love that song. It's not, a pop song. Not yeah. even not even King Kuta. I'm talking yeah. about you ain't gotta lie. Like Yeah, right. Like the shit, yeah. like the, the transitional shit between the singles. <laughs> exactly, but exactly. To, to that point though, uh, a lot of Kendrick beats, especially like the um like that humble like minor mm-hmm. second trap beat is in every fucking song now. Like, Absolutely. It's in country songs It might songs not be now. a guy rapping, but someone heard that song was like, this can be in every pop song. And it has been ever since. Cardi's mm-hmm. done it like every time, every single Cardi Money. single after that has the same little reverb minor second like snare thing. And having a, like, like you said, you can target the sound. You can, you can, you can adjust and plan for the sound if you want to. DMX had pop songs. He was not a pop artist. Yeah. But he was out here. Cisco was singing about butt cheeks right next to him in a video in front of like fire hydrants and shit. I remember that video. Like DMX had a lot of pop singles, but no one would consider him a pop artist. But I think a a song, you don't like, like you you said, a song that that is popular is not necessarily pop music, but what Drake is doing is pop music. He's not just making songs that become popular. He is targeting a sound and making it. And I think that's why he's upset because every other artist, sometimes they, they, they have to pay the cost of being a popular artist and make a pop song (laughs) or they suddenly, Hey, I really want to make a hit like Donald Glover did with that white album. He's like, I want to be on the fucking radio, blah, blah, blah. But most artists are making shit for their own fulfillment of the art. I think Drake was doing that for a while. Then at a certain point he said, well, fuck that. There's no money in it. And y'all aren't going to respect me anyway. So I'm going to just be at the top. So you have to respect me. I'm going to do the numbers game and min-max it. I think deep down inside, he's still bitter about the fact that people can see that and people understand mm-hmm. that to be the case. And he can't just be respected for, oh, man, he did this great this great flow here, this great verse here. Like, I'll be honest, even on his latest album, he has some, some good bars and stuff here or there. But no one's going to sit here and be like, Drake, no one's looking at Drake as an artist. They're thinking of Drake as a hit maker as a I'm about to say, <laughs> well it's because you're not you're not in the incel space you see Evan. he makes well, music for, say, maybe not yeah. also young people i think yeah. i think it's a, a generational divide too because the, all the people that talk only people anyone ever asks about these questions about are fucking old heads like yeah sure yeah that's true they always want to know what the old heads think about drake like who fucking cares like he's not making music for them anyway it's the 20 year old dudes who are like posing in the in the shower trying to send pictures on tinder to some chicks because he heard and then gets then gets ghosted and has to talk to the bros talk through with the bros in the group chat like that's what <laughs> that's what drake's making music for Look, you're absolutely 100%. right but like that's not incel yeah. necessarily that's just like a young that's like a dude going through it mm. that's just honestly that's just shannon sharpie view as a famous true that's that is, that is <laughs> shannon Sharp, really. yeah. that's all it would be just some dude who's who's 48 and still unmarried. <laughs> now, Emmett, you wrong about that. 
Now <laughs> I, I got uncles. I got uncles that are fucking bumping Drake. <laughs> Guarantee it. Uh, Sharp is. I I have flipped my love. I'm not gonna make this a whole thing. I have my my love. Like when I was younger, my mom my mom is not a Shannon Sharp fan. Me and my mom used to tell jokes about Shannon Sharp because like Shannon Sharp's a big dude. <laughs> we would we just tell like really bad jokes, but they're like I've grown to, I've grown to really enjoy his shtick, but. Like we talked about earlier, he also does a thing of like, I'm not going to do anything critical about this interview. I'm just going to do it. And it's like, yeah, okay, I'm right. here for the mess. Yeah, yeah, he's a messy gossip boy. Uh, absolutely. We're absolutely. also here. we're also here for the mess, uh, but we're gonna wind it down. Um, I will say the one thing I will say about the Stephen A. Smith thing. So I, I didn't want to do a whole topic of it, but. Uh, but for real, fuck, um, uh, fuck Jason Whitlock and Stephen A. Smith. Like, I don't agree with a lot with Stephen A. Smith, but I did agree and watched that whole hour and thirty minutes of him just talking shit about Jason Whitlock and to a nicer person, it couldn't have happened more. Uh, too. Uh, but that being said, uh, Brooke, uh, do you have anything that you would like to promote on the show? Uh, sure. I, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at, uh, EB Phipps, or if you just look up Doc Brooke, I'm the only Doc Brooke on there. I'm, uh, finishing my dissertation and getting back to making some more content more regularly as we go here. Um, but yeah, you can check me out there and otherwise, uh, you know, check out the cool stuff that my friends do like TL. Hey. 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 Uh, uh, well, um, as always, like um, I like having Brooke on things. I think Brooke is one of the most talented people I've uh, ever met. Uh, we have been uh, we have been friends uh, since the start of the pandemic, and uh, she's really helped me kind of like think about things a lot critically and look at like how I do content and how I interact with things a lot differently. So she's great people. So please follow her wherever she is. She's going to be a superstar. Uh, yeah. You guys will see her everywhere so get on that train early uh emmett anything you would like to promote um i am doing the exact opposite and i just went back to school so (laughs) 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 so i'll have more free time maybe almost this time next year um but uh i'm still doing a couple things you know spoonful still going on we'll do some more episodes of that soon this is still going on of course uh vg.tv still do still doing stuff on there You'll hear some writing about games from last year from me pretty soon. Um, I guess look out for that in the next month-ish. Um, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. As far as things I have to promote right now, uh, EJ Spun 61 Twitter, Blue Sky, wherever you're at. EJ yeah. Spun 61 Look it up. I'm probably on Friendster. Maybe. Maybe. Friendster. Friendster. <laughs> Maybe. Look up my stumble upon account. <laughs> yeah, stop. <stumble. laughs> uh, find me at dig.com. Uh, oh, I had a dig account in yeah, 2005. Actually, I didn't make an account because I was afraid because I was too That's young. good. I yes, yes. Yeah. was the wild west. Your fear was well placed. Yeah. Man. Uh, yeah. I'm going to hop over Jarrett this time i'm going to promote me and my stuff first uh son of a bitch <laughs> uh, so you can follow me on uh twitter uh because they're not calling the other thing uh at turbo bison uh blue sky at turbo bison uh soon in february turbo bison.com 
that's where you're going to be able to see uh, all the podcasts will be hosted. I do, which is this show, as well as a show called Welcome to the Start. Welcome to the Day. This is Welcome to the Day. I was going to say, wait uh, a second. <laughs> uh, as, as well as a show called Live from the Pool House, as well as other shows that I have planned. So uh, it'll be a hub for all my stuff, including my writing. Uh, I have writing that will be coming up as well. Just like Emmett, I'm also writing about stuff going into next year. Uh, it would help to give you a time frame by actually sending my first draft to my editor. That would help. Yeah. <laughs> that would help. But uh, it is coming, uh, so there will be something soon. So uh, look for that uh, soon. Uh, Jared, anything you would like to promote? Well, as the um, elusive editor, I fucking agree. Um, yeah. I yeah. There, There's no official announcement yet, but I have drafts and I've been editing them. So what a perfect place to announce it then now. Yeah. Um, also, veil lifting moment. I did this last episode. We lost an episode. So time's not real anymore. That didn't happen. It did not happen. Yes. This is now the first time I'm actually talking about it. Um, I am publishing a zine publication of a collection of thoughts and musings from my friends in the industry about games last year um it will be a digital magazine format uh at this point i think it might not be 10 people it will be close to you know eight or nine about eight or nine video games that moved us last year um, you will hear, you will see writings from some voices and some faces you might recognize in the biz. Um, more on where to procure such a beautiful document soon. Uh, still working through that kind of stuff, but it is real because I've been staring at writing for all week. So it goddamn better be real now. God bless um, you. besides that, uh, at some point I'll be writing about video games that came out or will be coming out soon this year. Mm. Soon. I have it. I have a code from that's embargoed. So it's definitely going to happen soon. I just have to like open this thing and see what's going on. Um, Fine. I don't really have anything else to promote yet. Um, but I do want to take a second if I may. Okay. Um, Cause I don't know when I'd be able to have this, moment publicly um, before it's too late. So I've been podcasting for a little bit. I've been in games media a little bit going on. I want to say two, 11 to 12 years now, mm -hmm. probably podcasting on a little less than that. Uh, one of the first people I met when I did this, was Ari O'Neill at Irrational Passions, which I am still the editor at large for, um, which means nothing. It's like a fake title. Uh, if any words end up on that site, I probably read them and touched them up a little bit. But that community looked a little different when I joined it. And, and there's, a, some, there's some characters from, that, uh, from those early days who are still like longtime friends of mine who were very important in my ability to like meet other people in the business and like get real traction um, to, to be the person that can even appear in like places like IGN and shit today. Um, 
One of those people was Ori's best friend, or is Ori's best friend, uh, Brian Jackson. We call him Nabishin. Um, little older than me, just like a really earnest sort of lover of the things that want that everyone wants to be able to attempt to just enjoy without having to like uncritically and I don't know messily interact with which was a thing that kind of we kind of butted heads with early because I think just interacting with things uncritically seems reckless like yes we all should just be able to enjoy things but like maybe take a second and think about what this thing is doing this was a thing that kind of united us and made us really close friends I think that and the fact that we were like I think the first two times I met him in person, you were the only black dudes in the room. <laughs> so we had plenty, we had plenty to touch, to, to, to start the conversations with. Um, unfortunately, you know, I haven't seen him in a while. We kind of grown apart, not on friends, but he, like when he left the irrational passion sort of wheelhouse, we kind of stopped talking regularly. Mm-hmm. So we, t- we touch base like every once in a while, but not as regularly as we should. Which was which made learning last year that he was diagnosed with stage four uh, colon cancer uh, a real shock. He was also shocked by this news because months before that he was feeling really good. His life is turning around. He got a new job. He was doing all like he, he was he was getting in a new physical shape. Like he was very proud of like the body he was building and all that kind of stuff. But then he had some pains. And went to the doctor and got a life-changing news. This is a year ago. Uh, Last week, after uh, going through treatment over the past several months, an up-and-down sort of roller coaster of recovery, things were looking all right until they weren't. He got some very bad news last Friday or maybe earlier this week. That he has to, he they've chosen, elected to stop the chemotherapy mm. because at this point, the progression is so much that they'd be spinning their wheels. So they're spending, they're now focusing on making him as comfortable as possible for the rest of the time he has with us. This is doubly unfortunate for irrational passions related associated people because this would be where this is the second person uh, in our sort of small community to be a victim of such a dramatic sort of illness so quickly. So all that to say is I don't know if Brian listens to this anymore. I know he did earlier. I've reached out to him. I don't think he's ready to talk to me necessarily yet. But if he listens to this before we do, I just wanted to let him know that all of us, me, Mike, Scott, George, are all thinking about him. We all love him very much. And we hope that we can be a part in some small or large way, whatever way you want to let us be a part of the rest of your time you have with us. I think we all know 
And a lot of people have been expressing how important you are to our community, to our related communities, the kind of funny community, um, even to the the various sort of splinter communities that come from that, like what's, what's good games and all that kind of stuff. Uh, just a beacon of many of those places. Um, I don't want you to feel like we've already moved past you. We're not in, we're not ready to remember you yet. We would like to enjoy you now. So whenever you have the time, whenever you build the strength, do not hesitate to reach out to us because we are here and waiting and ready. Um, and again, I didn't know, I don't know when I'd be able to say that to you yet, but in case you, for some reason, listen to this before I get a chance to talk to you, wanted to let you know. And thank you guys for giving me the time to do so. Right.